Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, and welcome to the show. Hi. This is a new show called Two Guys and Their Joysticks, which implies that I am not alone here. I'd like to welcome my lovely co-host, Charlie. I'm Say so, hello, Charlie. I'm so gosh darn beautiful. Hi, everyone. Hi, I'm going to oh. be coming along on this little adventure. What an adventure it is. Right, Deepest. since we have just started our first episode, I think we should probably talk a little bit about mm-hmm. our gaming stuff, you know, no. games we've no. experienced, games we've enjoyed. So why don't you start us off and give us your favorite game of all time? Okay, well, uh, a risk of sounding like a super generic guy, uh, my yeah. favorite game is Skyrim, just because of the amount of depth, <laughs> the amount of stuff you can do. And uh, I like sitting in a smith boosting sword building skills. So yeah, yeah, Skyrim, Skyrim oh. for sure, Skyrim. All right, all right, all right, fair enough. On an Xbox, right? Yeah, Xbox 360. I'm an Xbox gamer primarily, but I do play a bit on PC, a bit on PS3 at my friend's house, uh, GameCube, original Xbox, and N64. Swag. Oh, man, I wish I had an N64. N64's I really do. great. They're awesome. It was, yeah. So, yeah, uh, me, primarily PC gamer, uh, favorite game of all time is really tough, but I would have to say... Either all of the Mass Effects or Saints Row the Third. Saints Row the Third is a good choice. Yeah, I love those. Right. So, with that out of the way, that was brief. That was quick. That was, that was, pr- nice. was pretty smooth. I, I like that. Smooth I like that. Yeah. Accurate. Exactly. Um, I think we should probably introduce the people to how the show is going to look. Yes. So every week we'll try. On Monday we'll try. We'll we will, won't we? We'll try super hard. We try super hard. We will try to bring you uh, some gaming news in general that we thought would be interesting to comment on. Uh, then, after a short break, short break, my English is awful, we will discuss what we have been playing. Uh, we will have a final discussion and we will say goodbye. It's a nice, you know, yeah, nice structure to follow. It's pretty, uh, pretty bish bash bosh, isn't it? It's pretty, it's pretty podcasty, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel it. I feel it. I feel like we're in some kind of podcast or something. I feel like we're being recorded. I don't know. Just me. I feel like someone's watching me. Please forgive us the awful jokes. I am sick. I have hay fever. <laughs> Charlie's been to a terrible play today. Oh, it was pretty bad. <laughs> what did you watch? It's, did you it's watch? really bad because all my friends were in it. And <laughs> it was Taming of the Shrew. Um, uh-huh. And what's, what's weird is my friends were brilliant in it. Um, mm-hmm. My my friends Ben and Conrad were really good. It was yeah. just everyone else. It was the people that I don't know who weren't so good. And it kind of uh, let it down a little bit. But, you know, work on it, I'm kids. Trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of where that's happened, like where an actor just absolutely ruins a movie for you. And Christian Bale, The Dark Knight. Twilight. <laughs> yeah, oh man, Twilight would have been so good if they'd chosen a different chick. God, but, I would have loved... Her to I die. Think... Why not? <laughs> what was it? What was it? That gangster, gangster squad. Gangster squad. There we go. That movie was actually pretty good. But I don't know. Just every time Ryan Gosling came on the screen. Oh jeez, I haven't seen Gangster Squad yet. That's oh, pretty good. I recommend it. It's pretty good. You should see. It. It's funny. Yeah. It's a funny gangster movie. But Ryan Gosling just killed it for me. Oh no. I don't know. I felt like after I watched Drive and I've seen him like display no emotion, just look like he has something painfully stuck up his bottom and yeah. just you know make that face all the time. That's horrible. Yeah, I mean the movie was great, but I don't know. I, I feel like since then he's just kept it. So he's just kind Emma of Stone's dis- in that, isn't she? 
Oh yeah. Oh god, uh, she's great. I should probably watch it. <laughs> I should probably watch it. <laughs> watch it. Watch it. It's good. It's yeah. good. All right. So actually, uh, down to doing something. Let's <laughs> get down to actually talking about games. Yeah. Um, would you like to start off the news segment? Yeah, sure. So what we've got is uh, we've got some news for you guys. Uh, I think how we're going to do it is I'm going to deliver a little bit of uh, news, and then uh, my 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 good friend Yasek here will deliver a bit of news from his end as well. Uh, you know what? I think that I think that's how it works. Yeah, I, I think you got it's, it. Yeah, it's news reading, isn't it? It's our business. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, anyway, so first thing I want to talk about is uh, the next Mass Effect game. Um, oh yes, love Mass Effect. Mass Effect. Oh my great. god, yeah. Um, so Mass Sorry. Effect Four has a confirmed writer. Um, a lot of you will probably recognise him. It's Mark Stewart. Uh, who wrote Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3. She <laughs> um, <laughs> actually didn't know this news, but yeah. that's good. Uh, well, what's surprising about that's that awesome. is um, it was mentioned in an interview with the Canadian website uh, on the 24th of April, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And he basically said, yeah, uh, I'm writing the next Mass Effect game. Uh, he also said... He thought that Mass Effect 3 was the best written of the series, um, regardless of the ending. So, okay, whatever. <laughs> Would you agree? Uh, I personally think Mass Effect 1 and 2 were written better, both of them. Um, although 3 did have really good writing, so... Oh, I'll, mm. I'll just say it was very good. I'm not going to say... Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like... Um... It's really scary to go into anything Mass Effect 4 now because, cause, you know, obviously the founders of Bioware left. Yeah. They're yeah. gone now. Uh, they're using a brand new... It's Frostbite 3, right? Not 4, Frostbite 3. Frostbite 3, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're using that, which is primarily made for FPSs. Has anyone made anything else with it? I don't think so. Uh, no. Don't believe so, no. Because it's been exclusive to EA, right? Yeah. So yeah. far, yeah. So, God, I hope they don't make a FPS out of Mass Effect. That would really suck. It would be pretty awful. Yeah, there's no yeah. need for a start. So, yeah, but it's EA. <laughs> That's true. That's true. They probably make a Mass First, Effect like fighter squadron game. It's <laughs> the dumb like that. I could imagine a Mass Effect game where you have to buy every single squad made for DLC, uh, like or just all of them. Or earn all and, the coins, and it takes forever to earn them all. And, like, they all speak in the alien language, and to understand them, you need to buy, like, a translation, translation DLC. So, yeah, pack, so they actually yeah. speak... Yeah, so they actually speak English. <laughs> Why didn't like, your <laughs> Mass Effect experience with the new translation <laughs> pack? You know what? They want it to be more realistic, so the ship actually has fuel, but this time, the fuel has to recharge because the ship overheats. So they're going to go with the approach of timers, and it's going to be like, you know what? Come back in two weeks when the <laughs> ship has recharged fully. Alternatively, you could pay us $15 now and have your ship be magically repaired automatically. I feel like I feel like that's good. We should work for EA. You know what? I feel like we would be making them a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, it, it worked for them with Real Racing 3. I don't see why it wouldn't work on <laughs> Mass Effect 4. <laughs> Come on, EA, step your game up. You know you want to. Yay. No, but the Mass Effect writer, what was... See, I'm horrible because I don't know his name. Uh, Mark Stewart. Name? Mark Stewart. Mark Stewart. I feel like... I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's back. I'm just glad it's not someone else. Yeah, uh, I don't want to give his baby to anyone else. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. They might, they might want... drop it. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would be a terrible accident. Baby burns everywhere. Baby. I feel like EA has dropped so many babies now that they just needed to take precautions with this yeah. one. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to give a project that's been in development for so long to someone new. Yeah. Especially since I think I feel like Mass Effect is the only franchise right now that could technically be milked as badly as Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. In terms of its like universe, in terms of its Law, characters, background, so yeah, and so on. All the aliens. Well, like, and I, I, as we know, three four three are trying to do that with Halo at the moment, but it's not really pulling off very well for them. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I kind of wanted to happen. I kind of want to see what EA would do with mm. Mass Effect. Because whatever it is, I just want more. Like, I still haven't read the comics. I've read some of the books. Yeah, yeah. But it's just so good. And make that movie happen. Just please. Oh, yeah. Yeah, really want Carl, the film. Carl Urban. Carl Urban as Caden. That would be brilliant. Yes. Oh, make I, me I, actually I like the character. <laughs> Who liked Kaiden? Did you kill Kaiden when you played uh, the first time? Yes. The first, yeah, okay, good. I think yeah, I spared same. him once as my femship. <laughs> ah, yes. See, no, even when I was playing as femship, I was like, sorry, Kaiden, Liara is just... <laughs> yeah, well, hot, just hot blue lesbian sex. I mean, you're going to kill Kaiden, <laughs> are you? You're going to blow him up. <laughs> I would kill Kaiden for hot blue lesbian sex any day. And so did my sister, actually. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> she played... <laughs> <laughs> she played her female character. I raised yeah. her well. <laughs> I feel like we're we're probably gonna discuss this a bit more later yeah, on because we, our we discussion should, should today on. <laughs> <laughs> our discussion today will be all about Mass Effect, so yeah. we can spend hours talking about that. Yes. Um, what I would like to uh, talk about is uh, Square Enix lately because okay, how many of the three games they've released recently have you played? I mean, Tomb Raider, Hitman. And Sleeping Dogs. Have I've played, any played of those? Sleeping Dogs and Hitman. Yeah. Did you buy any of them? No. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That kind of response. <laughs> I'm not blaming you, of course. But that kind of response is actually why they have been doing shitty. Like, their uh, revenue has just been announced. And they are on a $337 million loss. Well, it's because they keep letting down Square Enix fans, 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 because they want another good Final Fantasy and um, uh, the, another Kingdom Hearts, and they want that uh, project they announced not uh, a while ago. It was like Final Fantasy versus something or other, and everyone was like, "Oh, it's going to be great," and then they didn't do it, and they've uh, they've let them down by just releasing action, westernized stuff. I actually really want a Kingdom Hearts. You know, I've never played Kingdom Hearts. Uh, I feel like I'm missing out so much. I haven't played Kingdom Hearts. I have the opportunity to, but I just keep refusing to annoy the person who wants me to play it. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. I think I think everyone should play Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I, I watched a couple of videos on it, and uh, it does look it does look intriguing. Actually, no. Well, yes, no. What <laughs> Square? Okay, what you said. Square Enix should make a new Kingdom Hearts for everyone to play. Mm. I feel because uh, simply riding the nostalgia factor, probably at this point in time, will not be good enough. Yeah, yeah. For anyone to get into. But anyway, where I was going with this was that 
the new Thief game has been in the works for a while now, since 2008, actually. Yeah. Obviously, it wasn't uh, Square Enix's back in 2008. They purchased the rights to it. But apparently, the game is costing the company a lot of headache and a lot of trouble because, first of all, there's a lot of people leaving the offices working on Thief because, you know, as the series progresses, right, they want to do new things to it. Yeah. Kind of like they did with Tomb Raider, etc., etc. And there were a lot of leading directors on the team, and they had to keep stepping down. And every time a director stepped down, so when you would take the place and then just redo everything entirely. So, like, you know, all the levels had to be rebuilt, everything had to be redesigned, all the uh, mechanics had to be redone. Yeah, I've seen that so in, the game, uh, in projects before. Yeah, uh, it worked out fantastically for Duke Nukem Forever. God, you know, just a bit of a side topic, but uh, I was reading an article about yeah. stuff that's happened since Duke Nukem Forever started development. Uh, uh-huh. All of the Harry Potter films have gone by. Uh, Eighty wow. wars have started. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh man. I blame a quarter of them on Duke Nukem, actually. I feel like if that game came out sooner, just everyone would have been so much happier. Americans, you must create Duke Nukem or we will blow you up. <laughs> I don't know who that was supposed to be. We'll just say it's Russian stands or something. <laughs> the stereotypical American enemy. <laughs> um, no, so I've actually never played the Thief games. Uh, have you? Uh, I tried to get into the first one, but... Uh-huh. It was a while ago, so I can't remember anything really. Because what I think is interesting is that now as series are rebooting, mm. right? So for example, Tomb Raider, you can get into Tomb Raider now if you never have. And there was another example that I've totally just lost. It was in my mind at the beginning of the podcast. But as games are rebooting right now, they're kind of giving players a new chance of getting into them. So obviously they want to be as accessible as possible. But then again, how much are they willing to sacrifice of the actual original concept, right? I mean, that's why people were leaving the company. That's why the director yeah. stepped down and everything. And, I mean, it was the studio of Eidos Montreal, right? Yeah. They, they've only really done two things, which is Tomb Raider's multiplayer, which kind of sucked, and Deus Ex Human Revolution, which was awesome. So now that they've been working on this Thief game, I feel that uh, after Dishonored released... Which is such a good game. My God, do I love Dishonored. It's pretty After good, Dishonored yeah. released, they probably... Uh, I feel like they probably lost a bit of willpower. Mm. And now uh, that Square Enix had such a massive loss in revenue, right? Yeah. yeah. They may not be willing to take Thief as far as they could unless they see Thief as a... Hope bringer, you know, like a hey, this is our last chance to yeah, you know, get last, cash, last glorious raw. Unless <laughs> they make more lightning fantasy, Final <laughs> Fantasy games, because <laughs> everyone loves lightning. Yeah, but, li- uh, lightning's the best of, the, of all the characters. You know what? Every time I see her, I cry because of how deep her story is. I feel like lightning's story is just so touching. Really? I thought lightning sucked. In fact, there I go again. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> No, looking at what happened to THQ. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> it's so sad. Just shot to pieces. They had so many like franchises that were really cool and fun. And you know what? You, le- you read their debts, and my God, they have a lot to pay back. Yeah. yeah. So much. It's crazy. Like, how, 
I'm just wondering, how does a company go into that risk of lending so much cash? I, I can't remember the actual figure. Let me look that up really quickly. But how do they actually, you know, make that decision? I mean... Well, if Game of Thrones I mean, has taught me anything, uh, they just borrow money from all the Stone Bank brothers or whatever it is, and uh, yeah, then they're going to destroy the kingdom. Doesn't help at all, really. But <laughs> <laughs> Game scope, of Thrones. Bit of scope for you, Game Teaching of Thrones Teaching you all about them company yep. economics. I'm trying to find it now, but um, it was it was a lot of it was a lot of weird stuff as well. Like um, you know, for E3, they were meant to have a booth, and now obviously they can't. Yeah, <laughs> they got sued by cool. whoever runs E3 to pay them back <laughs> because they had to take their space and change like into a lounge. <laughs> like, that just hurts, man. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> it's like, leave them alone. <laughs> leave THQ alone, man. Okay, $200 million in debts in total. Wow. And this is a funny one. Wait, wait. Uh, th- there was a funny story somewhere here. Uh, I'm trying to find it. There was a guy who basically sued them because they used a tattoo on uh, a fighter because some tattoo artist saw his own tattoo that was used in a game. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to sue you because you didn't ask me to use that tattoo. And he sued them for something like four or five million. Oh, come on, it's a tattoo. (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to think, like, would I do the same thing if I was that tattoo artist? But I don't know. Yeah. No, I can't, I can't find it now. But it, it was a pretty sad slash funny story of just a guy suing them over a tattoo for all this cash. Egypt. So, I mean, that's what I'm thinking. Like, Square Enix hopefully not taking the same path because their CEO stepped down, right? Got a new dude. Yeah. Um, well... We'll find out when Thief's out, I suppose, because uh, I'm sure that'll be a make-or-break title. Yeah. I feel like it'll either be uh, people... Well, because pe- people haven't played Thief, right? Because Thief is such an old game. Uh, I feel like they'll either be comparing it to Dishonored, or... Well, comparing it isn't like they'll be saying, oh, Dishonored does this better. Yeah. Or this is like a copy of Dishonored. What the hell were they thinking? Or, you know, if it goes well, they'll be like, oh, this is a lot better than Dishonored. Which is sadly how it goes. <laughs> well, we'll see, because they haven't announced a lot about it at the moment. Um, no. So, uh, I don't think we even know when it's coming out, do we? Um, I know that they said that basically the game now has reached a point which they were aiming for based off the demo, because the demo began from a couple of people working for uh, Montreal, right? You, yeah. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Does it say anywhere where it's meant to come out? No, but the the first time the game will publicly be shown will be this year's E3, so. Okay, well, we can look forward to that then. Oh, yeah. who knows, it might be uh, one of the launch titles for the next Xbox, because I heard they were announcing all the launch titles at E3. So, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Possibly. And actually, yeah, because Thief is a next generation title, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Man, 
Xbox better step its game up because right now everything I've heard about it, I'm sorry, I'm buying a PS4. I'm buying both. <laughs> I'm just gonna get both. <laughs> By that time, I'll have enough money. I'll get both. Look at all that swag just flowing through you. Oh, that's crazy. God, I'm so alive of swag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Stop it! Stop it! Okay. I can't handle all the swag. I'm sorry. My heart is starting to beat. But I guess that that kind of covers it. I was just yeah, yeah. thinking if you played Thief or where, are you actually are you excited for it? Or now that you've played Dishonored, you're like, eh, whatever. Oh, uh, Thief. Um, well, as you know, or may not know, I don't know if you know, uh, I love stealth games. Um, I do know that. I do, in fact. Know good, that. good. <laughs> so Thief <laughs> is really singing to me. Um, actually, right now as we're speaking, I'm looking up uh, Thief, the shadowy one. I can't remember what it's called. Um... Uh, out, of the shadows, the shadows. out of the shadows. Out of the shadows. Um, of the I'm shadows. looking up that because I heard it was on original Xbox, and I'm going to see how much it was. Oh, okay. It's one p on PC, so yeah, I'll just <laughs> I'll just get that. Yeah, all right. Or is it deadly? Right. It's, it's deadly shadows. What am I on about? When yeah, that, that's what it was. Enter the shadows. What was I? Anyway, when you do play it, tell me what it's like because yes. after I've played Dishonored. And I've actually gone back and played it a few times after I finished it. Oh my god, that game is good. Dishonored was pretty good, yeah. I just find it hard to care about Thief now. I don't know. It's kind of sad, but sorry, Square. Yeah. Sorry, Eidos. I think Thief I mean, might no. do some things that Dishonored didn't do so well. I mean, like because it's Dishonored was not a sole stealth game, although it had a lot of stealth in. And i got to admit, yeah. the stealth was pretty bad like you could just walk up to someone and they wouldn't see you and you're just standing right next to them and they wouldn't see you um yeah like if you if you're crouching and you go just to the side of them uh they won't see you have we played the same game because like it was so frustrating like i was crouching take a tiny step to the left from my cover it's like boom well i i did a whole playthrough of dishonored without even Uh getting spotted once so it it may just be because i've had stealth experience and yeah, I, I pick actually. up on those sort of things more, or it may be because the Xbox and PC different uh, versions are different. Um, I suppose we'll never know. So screw you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? actually, this one was my first stealth game that I've actually finished. I'm still kind of forcing my way through Deus Ex. Uh, yeah. So that was the first time I, I played it, and man, I sucked. Like I would get <laughs> spotted all the time because I'm not patient, right? So like, uh, and I yeah. see a guy, he turns around, I'm like fuck it, let's do it. And then like as soon as I step out, some other dude that was around the corner, you know, that I would have seen if I waited five more seconds, comes around and you know starts attacking me. So mm. I'm I'm not a stealth gamer, I guess. It it is tricky, tricky kind of. Whoa, whoa, what, what was happening there? Uh, it, was, it is a tricky kind of uh, genre because it relies a lot on patience and dub, like backtracking and stuff just to see if anyone's coming around the corner yeah. or whatnot. I actually, now that I finished it, I enjoyed it a lot. So now when I started my second playthrough of this one, I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. But I feel like uh, stealth games right now would throw a lot of people off. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's probably why Dishonored has had such a focus on like, hey, look at this, you can cut people in half and whatever. <laughs> it's cool, there's blood everywhere, right? You want to you wanna get it, right? Pay us $60. Well, of course, so the, think... that's uh, the direction Splinter Cell Conviction took. Splinter Cell's my favourite style genre. And uh, uh-huh. genre, uh, franchise, that's the one I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's okay, uh, blame the play. Yeah, blame the play. It, it was the play. 
<laughs> so yeah, with conviction, they decided to go on a more action-heavy approach of stealth, and um, now that's sort of been uh, implanted into the franchise. And when Blacklist is out, which I cannot wait for, um, oh, good. they are upping the stealth more. So it's back, kind of back to the original, but they're also having the option for that all-out carnage. So it seems like they're trying to cater to the uh, non-hardcore huh. stealth audience as well. That's pretty cool. I feel like, man, I feel like it pisses me off when companies are like, you know what, we need to make this game so it sells and not because we have a vision yeah. like Dead Space 3. Yeah. Oh, God, don't, don't even. <laughs> it just pissed me off, like, reading the interviews and they were like, you know what, scary games, intense games wouldn't sell as well as action games. Well, so we well to... do you know, Amnesia completely proved that wrong, didn't it? <laughs> Oh my god, I cannot wait for Amnesia, A Machine for Pigs, so bad. Wasn't that supposed to be out last year? Yeah, Halloween, but then the Chinese room said that they wanted more time. Fair enough. Which Fair is enough. fine by me. I yeah. mean, finish it, make it good. Polish because it Because the first one was brilliant. It was very, very good. So good. The thing, the second one, the trailer kind of looks, it looked a bit janky. Have you watched the trailer? Uh, I've only seen the one where it's just shown some of the environments. Is that the one you're talking about? That the one, maybe, the one where, like, there's a bit where the, the main character goes for, like, uh, great, trying to describe something that I don't actually know what it's called. It goes for, like, plastic sheets, kind of, you know, that they would, like, have in a meat uh, shop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, curtains. You don't know, like... Plastic curtains. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You know, in that trailer, the graphics look really weird, kind of like a mist game. Kind of look a bit smudged, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Very... Uh, like, like no, not crayons, but those. I know it in Polish, I just don't know it in English. Those things used for coloring. Plasters. Pastels. No. Pastels. Pastels. Pastely. Very pastely. There we go. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought it looked yeah, like. Yeah, that's a really good way of describing it, actually. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I like that. Uh, yeah. It, yeah it, <laughs> <laughs> well, that sums it up. Next piece of news. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't wait. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy two copies. I'm gonna buy three copies. I don't even care. Everyone buy a copy for me and then send it me. And then I'll buy yes. a copy for you and send it to you. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> you hear that Chinese room? We're making you money. Money. Cash. They have a. What's it called? Welcome to the Rapture, isn't it? That's what they're working on mainly. The Chinese room. Welcome to the Rapture. Isn't that. Uh huh. Isn't that from. I think so. Um. What's what? Not not Bioshock. Rapture, Rapture, Rapture City. Yeah, maybe it's not Welcome to the Rapture. It, it's something to do with the Rapture. I, I am really bad remembering names. Let's have a look. The let's, let's Google it. Welcome to the Rapture. No, I just googled it. It was something else. Okay. Everybody's gone to the Rapture. That was close. What's, what's Rapture from? I know it's from Bioshock, but it's from something it else. It is from Bioshock, yeah. It's, it's, the name of the it's the name of the underwater town. I know, but there's another one from something, from like a, a film or something. It's really bugging me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to let that bug you. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I have not finished the first Bioshock, and I hope that does not make me a bad person, but I just can't get into that game. Uh, I completely agree with you. I didn't finish it. I got about halfway through and I was just like that's nah, screw this, this, this you know what yeah. I feel like 
Bioshock Infinite is a good comparison because Bioshock Infinite like improved everything that Bioshock did, but it's still the same thing. So I look at Bioshock Infinite in three categories, kind of. So like, excellent story, great game, average shooter. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the first Bioshock was like. Great story, right? Because you did want to play it for the story mainly. It was an interesting experience, but the game itself, the gameplay itself, the mechanics were janky. And um, as well as that, I think the environment just wasn't very appealing at some points. It got very samey yeah. quite quickly. Yeah, yeah. Whereas um, Columbia, is it in Infinite? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Columbia. Yeah, Columbia has like all these different weird, wacky environments. Um, it's beautiful. Like the, the one that just pops to mind is the theatre with the guys who love crows. Um, oh man! And you go into you know, the little the little crow den, and all the crows fly around, and it looks really cool. I would say that Bioshock, maybe not the best looking, but like the amount of detail put into that game, the amount of detail, love, and the and into the environments is <coughs> mind blowing. It is. It yeah, is definitely great. It's beautiful. It's an amazing game. Well, what still annoys me is that um, I don't know if you saw the E three demo way back in two thousand nine or two thousand ten. Um, no, I don't think so. Well, there was this really wacky, crazy guy who uh, uh-huh. he had this massive cannon, and he went and fire, and like I just fell in love with him and thought he was awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's not in the full game, so it's <laughs> really annoying. Charlie, Charlie's broken love story. <laughs> he left me. They're gonna put him in his DLC and make me pay for him. <laughs> the cannon guy, fifteen dollars, Mister Cannon. <laughs> You know what, I feel like the season pass is just like a collection of the canon guy. Don't. You're going to find pieces of that canon guy uh, what in if, each. What if each DLC was like you had to find different body parts of canon man and then put him back together again <laughs> and take over Columbia? Yes. I feel like there's so many topics we could touch on here, but we've seriously gotten way yeah. off topic. <laughs> we really have. <laughs> what were we talking about? Right. Square Enix. <laughs> I don't even... You know what, just... Just forget this happening and go on to your next piece of news. I feel like that's the best thing to do. Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, so my next piece of news is about one of my favorite game developer developer companies, mm-hmm. uh, Bethesda. I love Bethesda games. Um, a big fan of Fallout Three. Uh, big no, shut up! I know you don't like you know them, what? but it's, it's your problem. You deal with it. As a PC gamer, I don't like them. All right, well, screw you. So buggy. Uh, yeah, well, you're buggy. So <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? I have I've bought Fallout Three, the Game of the Year edition, right? Game of the Year edition, which means the final edition, right? Yeah. I can't play it. Like it just does not work. It just crashes or freezes. Well, that's your problem. I haven't even get it on Xbox. No. get it on Xbox. You don't have to worry what? about all that PC. But then I can't mod it. Why would you get a game from Bethesda without being able to mod it? Because if you can, really good. Well, okay, but it's just, better with mods. Just, just let me finish. Oh, sorry, sorry, I apologise. Please don't. <sighs> so, I love Bethesda, <laughs> regardless yes. of what people think. Um, <laughs> I love the games, I love Fallout 3, because it's awesome. Oh, hang on a sec. Hello, I'm in the middle of recording a podcast. Oh, I'm going to have to cut this out, am I not? Uh, yeah, you're going to have to cut this out. Damn it. I'll be through in right. a bit. <laughs> 31, 25 minute mark. Damn it, Charlie. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, yes. just just go quiet for a sec, and then I'll start. So I love Fallout 3. Uh, 
and I love uh, the other ones. <laughs> Oblivion, <laughs> Skyrim, Morrowind's yeah. fine, I, yeah. I guess. Um, not so... Uh, not so Dishonored. Love. Yeah, Dishonored is one of the few games that they publish that's actually good. Yeah. Brink is not. Uh, no. Anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, so they... Uh, have announced that they are stopping um, support for Skyrim, so no more DLC. Uh, there will be occasional updates uh, to fix little bugs and whatnot. Yes, bugs, Yasek. Um, you know what? I can't play that game anymore. It just crashes. Well, that's your fault for having a PC. I know. <laughs> I have to reinstall it. I know I do. <laughs> so, yes. So much work. That might be old news, because I think it's from back in March, but... Um, also, they said they were going to start working on their next project, which is going to be bigger and better than anything before. Ooh. I'm going to call Fallout 4. I'm going to hope Fallout 4. Um, oh, that reminds me. Didn't they say that there was a Fallout TV series announced or something yes, along those lines? Yes, with uh, the voice actor for Three Dog. His name escapes me. Um, but he posted a load of hints about Three Dog returning um, hmm. on his Twitter, and then they... Uh, bought the Fallout name for TV. Oh man, I hope so. Oh, who voices him? Eric Eric Todd Dellums. I think that's it. Eric Todd Dellums. <laughs> um, Eric Todd Dellums, three dog. Right. Yeah. So he announced on his Twitter that they're doing some TV stuff. Uh, that's great. But because uh, obviously because they bought the TV uh, name license for that, people can still see the Bethesda, still have a big interest in doing Fallout stuff, so a lot of people are hoping mm. it's going to be Fallout 4 um, and some people were disheartened by the recent announce of the new survival horror game that's coming out soon called The Evil Within uh, Yeah, that looks pretty good just, just from the live action trailer that I've seen it looks really? pretty good Yeah. oh yeah. man, I just thought it was like one huge cliche, just Oh, no, yeah, but what would survival horror be without cliches? Yeah, true. Amnesia, I Actually, guess, but, you know, <laughs> such is. I mean, it, it, it looked very Silent Hill-ishy to me. You know, it looked like those twisted ghost, sex, blood uh, well, things. It reminded me mostly of Silent Hill Homecoming, which is pretty bad, um, but... What, what, yeah, but it's a live-action trailer. What can so. we say? Uh, yeah, like the the corpses with barbed wire around, and yeah. you know all the bloody stuff reminded me a lot of uh, Silent Hill: Homecoming, where you find a lot of mutilated corpses in positions on sofas or hospital beds and whatnot. Well, in the first uh, in the prologue section, you find them on hospital beds because they decided, oh, we're not going to do a hospital anymore. Uh, Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they have done two already, let's be honest, so it was kind of a good good idea not to do another hospital in Silent Hill. <laughs> what if what if I enjoy hospitals? What if I am that 1% oh, of the fan Go base? and play the older ones, then. <laughs> I actually really want to. I want to get Silent Hill. Don't get the HD collection. I know, you told me. I know, and I'm telling you again. <laughs> you must <laughs> always, air this time. always remember, don't get the HD collection. Re- repeat it, repeat it. I... I Will not, should not, could not get the Silent Hill HD collection. Goodbye. For Xbox. Good, Thank you. Goodbye. That means I have to look for it on Amazon. 
Anyway, so Fallout 4, <laughs> possibility. Yes. Um, <laughs> Fallout 4. Yeah, a lot of people are disheartened by the Evil Within trailer, like, oh, that's what Bethesda's working on next. No, they are only publishing that. Uh, mm. Again, it escapes me who's actually making it. I'm going to Google that now. Very oh, unprepared. Oh, some really long Japanese name. Uh, we'll say it's just Ko- Kojami Wamasama. It was uh, more like Shinji Kozamogato. Shinji Mikami, that's it. I, I was so much closer. <laughs> you, you actually were. Because <laughs> <laughs> I knew it started with an S, and there's only as many possibilities. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, you know um, Fallout 4 is still a possibility, and I really hope it comes out. Yay. Well, do you think it'll be more in the style of Fallout 3, or do you think it'll go more of Skyrim style? Uh, possibly a mix. I reckon it'll use the Skyrim engine. Uh, if it's coming out next so. gen, they might update it a little bit. Uh. Um, I just hope they don't have a really crap setting like New Vegas. Uh, New Vegas felt too densely populated and too alive, whereas Fallout 3... You could just stand on top of a big cliff, look over mm. all these dead lands in front of you with this creepy music playing. God, it was just awesome. It was, it was brilliant. See, that tickles my fancy. But once again, it brings us back to the whole, oh, yeah, but people nowadays, they get bored by this stuff and they need action and shooting. Well, uh, Fallout 3 still did have a, a lot of kind of, I don't want to say preset encounters, but they'd have like... Mm. They'd design some areas specifically so that, say, you'll be stuck in a ruined building with uh, super mutants. If you're fans of the franchise, you should know what they are, or you're an idiot. Uh, with loads of super mutants, mutants no, shooting at you. Yeah, you are. <laughs> so, I'll play it, I promise. Good boy. Just, just, just download it and play it, because it's awesome. I'm trying, but it doesn't work. Get it on Xbox. It's, my... it's really cheap. But no. mods. No, no. Yes. It's uh, what if I want? It's... What if I want everyone to be a furry? I can't do that on the Xbox. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh man! Just, Furries. just stop. Just stop. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. This isn't a place for your fetishes. You know what? I, I, I am actually not into furry fetishes. Good. Yeah. Well, I know what you're into. That's <laughs> 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 <As> a fact. <laughs> Stop, there's kids listening. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, Bethesda's new project. Just please don't make it buggy on PC. That's all I ask. Whatever it is, I'll probably buy it. But Please it please buggy. pour a load of love into the Xbox version, like with the other games that you've released. I feel like Bethesda is Ubisoft. Ubisoft's PC ports yeah, are awful. Yeah, that's, yeah. Awful ports. They're pretty bad. Oh my God. I remember you telling me... Far Cry 3 was alright. I thought you said the Far Cry 3 one was really bad. Controls wise, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Everything else, no. Oh, okay. Controls piss me off though. You know, like we talked, like you know, like when there's like, for example, a quick time event, right? And you like press E to do whatever, right? Mm. And you press it right before it comes up, but you can still do it regardlessly, right? Because it's like a, it's scripted. So when you press, I think it was E or F, you heal, right? Yeah. And when you're being hurt badly, a little thing pops up saying press F to heal. And if you press it right before that pops up, it just won't happen. So you die, which pisses me off because it's like you see your health going down. It's like, oh, it's obvious. Oh, man, I got to heal. You press the button to heal. It's like, yep, nope, sorry. Can't do that. Can't let you do that. Well, you need to read the text that you need you to need heal to first. You need to buy the season pass first and then you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like season pass would be a really long discussion. We should discuss that. <laughs> yeah, we should do that sometime. sometime, yeah. We should do that sometime. The season passes, man, they piss me off. Mm, well. 
All right. Well, I feel I, I feel like that pretty much covers the news and yes. a whole spectrum of other topics. Lots of little tidbits feel, in there. I feel like it's a good time to go for a break. Don't yeah, you? yeah. Break it up. Well, yeah. Let's break dance during the break. Quick, quick break down. <laughs> Drop a fat beat. <laughs> right. When we come back, we will talk to you what we've been playing. Yes. Uh, give kind of a quickie review. Quick, I guess. quick review. Have. Exactly, and have a final discussion on Mass Effect before oh, we leave you Effect. alone. I love you, Mass Effect. I feel like this, this would be a very creepy segment because <laughs> both of us are just going to creep on, out over Mass Effect. Head on to Rule 34, Tally and Miranda. <laughs> if you are under 18, do not look up their website. Don't do it. If you are 15 or younger, or do take it. out your headphones. Do it, you know. Take, you take out it. your headphones. I mean, we're younger than 18 and we're way out. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do Don't it. do it with your parents in the room. Do it. Do it with your parents in the room. <laughs> I remember when some guy opened Lemon Party when his parents were in the room. Because uh, I linked it to him. It was the f- so funny. <laughs> anyway. anyway uh, yep. so <laughs> Off topic again. He was pissed. He was pissed. <laughs> So, um, yeah, well, that was the news, and uh, we will see you after the break. Yay. Welcome back from the break, in case Hello. you forgot already. What are we listening to? They're listening to. What are they listening to, Charlie? Uh, some of our joysticks. <laughs> do do men in their joysticks? <laughs> men in their joysticks? You know, the only part I remember is the joysticks part, it's for the obvious first ep- reasons. It's the first episode, and you're already breaking my heart. I mean, we spent so long working on this title. <laughs> no, we didn't. We came up with it straight away and just said, let's do that. And I was like, yeah, yeah. You know what? But you we'll loved it. So you cool. loved it. You told Everyone me. Everyone will know we have huge dicks. <laughs> that was not what I said. <laughs> I said that would be funny because it's dirty humor. <laughs> You're misinterpreting yeah, it. I'm using it to show off to all the fine ladies in the world uh, that I have a huge... Yeah. You are well equipped, is that what you're trying to say? Yeah. Would you like to also provide contact information so they could actually do anything about it? Yes, my, my email address is yep. bigdickog at swagmail dot moneyweed. Love it. Um, Get in touch. <laughs> I'm already listen I'm already texting a list of my babes. In case you forgot, you were listening to two guys and their joysticks, just like Charlie forgot a second ago. Well done. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> we will now get into what we've been playing. So yeah. Charlie. Do you, like you... Do, you, do you want to start? I started last time. You start. You sure? Well Alright, well the story, children, goes that I was gifted XCOM, Enemy Unknown, on Steam, randomly, by a guy called, a guy called Xaver. So thank you very much, Xaver, for XCOM. It's a good game. Yeah. Uh, so I've, ne- I've never really played tactical strategy games before because they are not my genre. That is my one genre I cannot stand. RTS and tactics. Apart from Warcraft. Love Warcraft. Anyway, so I booted it up today for the first time. Spent around maybe two hours. And it's fantastic. It is so good. Have you played it? No. Oh, uh, man. I know someone who has played it, um, but I I know pretty much nothing about this game. You? Oh, man. Okay. Well, I know it's to do with aliens, and I saw a trailer with like some FBI guys in it. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know about the show. <laughs> right. Let me pitch this to you. All right. So 
A cutscene begins, and with terrible CGI, you are introduced to the concept that rocks are falling from the sky, and there's people running away. Uh, now, these people seem to be devoid of normal human facial structure, which is quite funny. So maybe it's a plot twist, and they're actually the aliens. But mm. I kid the CGI. Uh, the game is great. It's basically, I would say, it's divided into two parts. The first part is your base. second part is actually being on the field. So in your base, you have... A bunch of rooms kind of right it's this nice zoomed out view and you kind of see the side of the rooms as if it was like cut in half you know mm, yeah. so you have like your barracks you have your research labs you have your engineer place whatever it's called your uh, command center A your mission control dome. no because it's engineering something i think it's engineering lab no it's engineering oh, tech dome you have your tech dome <laughs> you have your uh, hangar and you have like a special a communication room, right? So, like, every time you come back from a mission, you get uh, various parts that you find, like, alien bodies um, mm. or, like, you know, pieces of the technology and everything. And you can research new stuff. So, like, research better armor, research, you know, better guns, all the usual game stuff. Or, like, do out of size on the alien bodies to see if you can find any weaknesses, etc., etc. And in engineering, you can uh, kind of expand your base and build new rooms, which allow you to do more things, right? So, for example, you can build, like, a satellite uplink, which allows you to build another satellite, which allows oh, cool. you to place a satellite above a country. So you are monitoring that country so you can better react. Oh, so it's like, is it like a worldwide type yeah. thing yeah yeah, yeah, in yeah. Scope. so like nice. at any time usually when there's a mission you'll get like distress calls from several countries so for example the start of the game you're presented with i think mine was germany and no it was usa and china right so i was like i'm obviously going for usa so i, I ditched <laughs> china i went to usa and when you came back there was like this nice map and it showed all the countries listed like all the key countries in the world listed and it had like a panic level and if you don't respond to a signal from a country, the panic level rises. And if the panic level rises too high, you know, that country will basically go apeshit, you will lose funding from that country, etc., 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 right? But if you help out a country, you will gain their trust, you will gain their finding, funding. From, from alien will... attacks, I'm assuming. Sorry? Yeah, yeah, from aliens. From a- attacks, yeah, obviously. from aliens. Okay. No, from Justin Bieber visiting for concerts. It so, could be. Hey, that's a real threat. You know what, Justin Bieber, please, you know what, he came to Poland, everyone went ape shit. I was disappointed with my country, but... So <laughs> not, feel... not, all the, not all the car stealing or anything, just <laughs> going ape shit. Not all Bieber. the vodka drinking, the murders, the stabbings, just Justin Bieber. <laughs> Fuck you, Bieber, it's your fault. So I feel like that's, that's half of the game, is kind of dealing with your base. And it's really cool because, like, in your barracks you have all your units, right? And you can customize these guys, and you can give them names, and you can, you know, change their uh, faces, their haircuts, their hair colors, you know, oh, typical sick. stuff. So I named all my guys after, like, YouTubers I love, right? <laughs> and then you go into the field, right? So you get a distress call or whatever, and you have to go into the field. And then the game kind of takes on this tactical uh, turn-based approach, kind of, where every unit mm. has two movement points, right? So you can, for example... There's a limited range for one movement point, and then there's like a maximum range that costs you two movement points. And if you spend your movement points, you can't do anything else, right? But for example, right. you use up one movement point, and then if there's an enemy nearby, you can shoot him or you can use a special skill, right? And of course, this differs. For example, the sniper, he can either move or shoot. He can't do both, right? Yeah. Um, and then the whole thing is kind of an isometric viewpoint, so it's like from the side, from the top side, kind of at an angle, and you're seeing the map. Oh, uh, cool. And the whole map is covered with things behind it, which you take cover, which is a horribly 
structured sentence. But there's, uh, you know, for example, trees <laughs> or cars or anything, and there's a shield system. So depending on what you're standing behind and the angle, you're shielded from, you know, four different directions, and it's either half a shield, full shield, or no shield, right? Depending on the right. shield is uh, changes the chances of the enemy actually shooting you, right? And then every class and, you know, every gun has its own kind of aim. So the percentage you're going to hit, the closer you are, obviously, the higher the percentage is. Or, like, if you're a sniper, you know, it doesn't really matter and stuff. Yeah. And it's just all these really cool tactic mechanics because you have, like, your squad, I think it's maximum six or seven. I'm not sure. I, forgive me. But it's either six or seven units that you can control. And then the aliens take their turn and they control their, you know, units that are on screen. And it's just a really good game. I'm really enjoying it so far. It's great. That sounds pretty cool. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely look into that. That does sound really cool. Yeah, because I mean, I, I, I always hated these RTS tactics games because, once again, the whole patience thing, and then they're usually yeah, really yeah. tough to get into. So, But no, this one so far is great. I love it. It's, it's, it's uh, enjoyable. It definitely doesn't sound like your vanilla RTS because you control a squad rather than, like, masses of units yeah, and stuff and it's like just in, really say, cool total war games because like imagine like this big field right and you have like six guys and there's aliens all over the place and you like need to position all of them so that they're hidden but they can also take a shot at the enemy but if they can take a shot at enemy it probably means the enemy can take a shot back at them mm. and if a person dies in that game like they're dead they don't come back they're gone like you know forever can you recruit more guys or yeah you can you can and it's oh, quite cheap oh. But, you know, like, once they're dead, they're dead. You lose all their experience and stuff. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like, every single uh, guy starts off with nothing, right? He has the basic assault rifle. Once he's been for a mission, he kind of discovers his class, right? So it's either, like, support, heavy, sniper, etc., etc. I just realized I'm a really good sniper. Yeah, this seems, like, really funny to me like, from a story <laughs> perspective. It's like, oh, shit, I can suddenly, you know, use snipers very well. This is funny. Because like, they literally charge in there with like, you know, AK-47s or whatever the equivalent of that is in the future. And then suddenly it's like, oh, shit, sniping is cool. So, <laughs> And then as they level up, as you take them onto more missions, you have like a talent point system where you can choose between uh, two different skills that you can spend every time they rank up. So they yeah. become, you know, every character becomes very unique. And the cool thing is when you come back and uh, a person has been shot, right, they are injured. And the game kind of runs on the basis of days. So every time you research something, every time you build something, every time someone is hurt, an amount of days have to go by before, you know, that thing is completed. So for, like, research uh, projects, before the research project is completed, you have, like, a number of days before you build something. And then before you can use your unit again, an amount of days has to go by depending on how badly they were hurt. So, no, for example, cool. if they were badly hurt, you have to wait for them to recover. But you usually don't have that time because you have to respond. So you might, you, like, you might lose a very strong unit and have to, you know, like, take the newbies with you to this next uh, mission, which was probably yeah. diffi more difficult than the previous one. So it's, it's really good. I, li I like it a lot. It's great. That's, that does sound cool. That does sound really cool. Yeah, so thank you, Xaver, so for gifting that. Is, is it out on PS3 or Xbox? Yeah, or just it's, actually, it's actually out on Xbox and PS3 and PC. And the cool thing is they're porting the whole game, the entirety of it, to iPhone, iPads, an iPod. Oh, I'm getting that on iPad. Yeah, so am I. I mean, I already have it, but fuck, that, that will make, that will play <laughs> so well on an iPad. Like, I can, yeah, I can tell. that's exactly what I'm thinking, yeah. Oh, it's going to be so good. So thank you, Fire Access, for bringing that to the iPhones and iPads. No matter what the price, I'll, I'll buy it. And apart from that, okay, this, have you ever played Robot Unicorn Attack? 
You know I haven't. You told me today to play it. You know what? I want you right now, live on this show, to open up Google, type in Robot Unicorn Attack, do it. I'm serious. Yeah. I've done it. And play it. Just make sure you hear Is the it... music. It's very simple. I think it's like X and Z and C. Just read the instructions and just play it for, for a few minutes. I want X you to do this live. You need to experience okay. this. Robot Unicorn Attack. And anyone listening that hasn't played it, also do it. It, it. There's also an iPhone version for like 99 cents, but go to your browser, look up Robot Unicorn Attack by Adult Swim, and play it, even if it's just for the music. Well, you've reached this play, uh, page because we're currently not allowed to share our videos across the United States border. It sucks, we know. I'm, I'm playing, I want to play a game. It says, why not play a game on the main site? I'm trying to play a game. <laughs> What are you talking oh, about? Oh, here we go. Okay. Uh, I, w- I want to hear your reaction to this. Just uh, play to the song. Click to play. And I'm going to break the fourth wall Press and have a drink on air. Press Z to have to make your wishes come true. Resistance is due to... Oh, Jesus, what the... F- Robot unicorn attack. What? No, damn it! Well, uh, what... How do I... Oh, that's how I jump. Z and C, I think the C is to like dash or something. Or is it X? I don't know. No, no I just went right into a wall. <laughs> just play for the music. Just close your eyes and uh, don't close your eyes, but imagine you're closing oh, your geez, eyes. Oh, jeez, you can jump miles. And enjoying the music. Are you enjoying the music? <laughs> oh, I'm dead. That is a really disappointing. Beautiful game. <laughs> no, you need to get far enough to hear the song, man. Just the music, the song in this game. The song's. I'm actually just trying to play this. Oh god, I'm dead. <laughs> Charlie Jones cannot play games on air. No, <laughs> you know I suck at flash games. <laughs> it's the pressure. It's the pressure of people it, listening um, to you. And what was it? I played on. Th- uh, when you were here... League of Evil. Oh, I'm dead again. League of Evil, remember that? It was that... Yeah, it was League Evil of Evil. Thing. League of Evil, yeah, yeah, and I kept dying. I actually just downloaded the second one because it was free on the iPhone. It's so good. Oh, man, it's so good. If you're looking for a Super Meat Boy-style game on your iPhone or iPad or whatever, then get League of Evil. I can get it now. I can get it on iPad. Yay! Yay! I just got an iPad for uh, for the viewers listening, so uh, that's why I'm like, oh, I can get this now. Oh, oh man, I need to make like a list of iPad games you need to play. Yeah, you do. Do an- do another video on it. I shall actually. That's a good idea. Yeah. Shall do that. Anyway, so Robot Unicorn seriously play some time and listen to the song because it's it, beautiful. It's quite, it's quite nice. I actually think it's quite a nice game. Yeah, so it reminds me a lot of Peggle. Does doesn't it make you feel manly just watching that Robot Unicorn like run for the rainbow? The rainbows make me feel good about myself yeah perfect that's Give exactly me a minute, what I'm not achieve. feeling too good <laughs> so yeah apart from that I think I, I had a dabble in an Xbox live indie game along with my oh. sister it's a co-op game oh. called right if I'm gonna screw this is it, is it bad <laughs> no it was fantastic oh good it was, was it on arcade or was it was it literally an indie no, game? No, it was literally an indie game, and you can also get it on Steam. You can get it on Dasura. You can oh. get it on Green Man Gaming. You can like get it anywhere you can imagine, right? Uh, for eighty Microsoft points. EA Origins Xbox, and it's called Dead Pixels. Dead Pi- 
pixels. And it's so simple. Like, it's such a simple game. It's very pixelated. It's the zombies. And you basically, you have this guy, and he's running down the street, or two guys if you're playing co-op. He's running down the street, like, surrounded by zombies. And you can, like, break into houses and scavenge them for items. And the thing about it is, like, you have a limited amount of ammo for different kinds of guns. It's like ammo is scarce. So, like, you know, you either have to scavenge a house or buy ammo from the shop dealers that you find scattered across the level but you can like trade between the two characters and everything and i don't know just something about it is so fun like it's really simple but it's so fun fun. it's like does does sound good if you have an iphone trading specifically yeah no it's really fun for co-op like the game is very simple it looks simplistic it's nothing special but co-op it's a good amount of fun and if Mm. you have an iphone or had like an iDevice for a longer time, you'll probably remember Zombieville USA, or what was the other one called? OMG Pirates, I think. And they were kind of similar to this. So, Zombieville USA was like a big deal on iOS. So, that's kind of what it was uh, like, except yeah. pixelated. So, it's good. Oh, yeah, I can kind of see where you're coming from actually looking at it on Google Images. Yeah. It's fun. It's 80 Microsoft points, and it's actually pretty good. Hmm, I'll uh, I'll check it out. Yeah, we'll get the trial. Is there a trial? <laughs> it's eighty Microsoft points. I'm pretty sure there is. I know, but I have none. And <laughs> I have thirty nine p in my bank account because this morning I thought, do you know, what? I'm just going to spend all that I have in my bank account on Punisher Year One. So <laughs> I have nothing now. I I owe my friend thirty pounds, and I had it and spent it all on on <laughs> the thing. Freddy vs. Jason Punisher comics. You know what? Uh, I feel just crap. <laughs> I feel like we have the same problem. Like this yeah. month for me has been crazy because I finally decided I'll buy Bioshock Infinite. Uh, pretty much a month after I pre-ordered Injustice Collector's Edition. Uh, yeah. So I had to come up with the most creative ways to make that cash, to make that happen. Oh, yeah, that's that's what I had to do to get injustice. <laughs> make that dough. I hope they appreciate. I hope NetherRealm Studios appreciates what we had to go through to make that cash. <sighs> worth it though, definitely worth. Oh it. my god, it's so good. That game's so good. Game Can't is... wait to play it with my friends. That's yeah. where the true fun comes from, fighters. You're lucky. You have a sister. You just go, oh, go play Injustice with me now. <laughs> sister I have to wait and for girlfriend, to come none around. of them can beat me. I still have not been beaten. I remain unbeaten. I am victorious really? above oh, all. How many matches have you had, though? Wins, I have like 140, 150. Losses, I have yeah. like four because I played, I think, uh, a battle on hard and towards the end it just gets yeah. ridiculous. I have like... 200-something, 270-something wins, and then about 50 losses, because I was like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty good as Aquaman. I'm going to do all opponents on very hard. (laughs) (laughs) It was a big mistake. (laughs) I think I I got through about three battles. All those games are on single-player, all those uh, matches. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. That's dedication. I still haven't finished if, all the if battles. You on, um, if you go on single player and then go on battles, there's, there's yeah, a yeah. ton. And uh, if you go down, you have to unlock them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I know. But still. No, you don't know. Oh, sorry, tell me. Tell me even, even though I just said you probably know, you don't know. <laughs> tell me then, inform me. How do I battle? Right. So, so you, you got to <laughs> unlock it first <laughs> uh, by leveling up using the uh, game's 
XP system. You can get XP from doing battles, winning or losing. Oh, you can also okay. buy some cards to get extra XP from matches. That's and, cool. Uh, you get these access cards from leveling up, and you can uh-huh. buy new battles, and the new battles have different effects. For example, Survivor, you uh-huh. have to... I've just made that game type up. Um, <laughs> health Drain. I don't know what it's called, but we'll call it Health Drain. Let's call it, Your it's health conveniently is poison. There you go. It's poison. Your health conveniently drains as you play each match. Mm. I hope I've educated you on this game that you own and know about. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Before I could not into battle, now I can. Hurrahs. Right. I feel like this is a good turning point for you to tell us what you've been playing, apart from Injustice, yeah. which everyone has been playing that has it because, oh my God, it's so good. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's so, good. so, yeah. Um, today, I started another Mass Effect 1 playthrough. I'm going to play through all of them. But I won't talk about that because, <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about that in a Mass bit. Effect. Oh, anyway, I know, I know. Just focus. Bef- for before focus. my pants just fill up, um, <laughs> not with kids shit. listening. Uh, I have been playing on the GameCube Eternal Darkness, Ooh. Sanity's Requiem. Uh, so, what's funny about this game is it was a title game for the GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, but not many people know about it because it was for the GameCube. <laughs> so, yeah, I've actually uh, it, was ex- it was exclusive. It was by Silicon Knights, who, uh, for any GameCubers out there, they did Metal Gear Solid, The Twin Snakes, which is very rare now, but awesome. Uh-huh. Uh, for Yasek, who doesn't know what it is, it's a remake <laughs> of Metal Gear Solid 1, um, based on the mechanics they added in Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Okay, that's cool. Um, and it's it's this uh, it's a survival horror game. Uh, I I like survival horror games. I haven't played many apart from Silent Hill and the odd uh, like odd, odd random title or two like uh, The Suffering. Mm. Uh, so it's basically a vanilla horror game, like pretty uh, pretty uneventful combat. Well. That's not, that's not true, actually. Eternal Darkness has a very dedicated combat system, which I'll go on to explain in a bit. Mm. But uh, it's got your basic level layouts, um, and you have to go through the levels, solving puddle, puzzles, backtracking a lot, uh, and, and doing these different tasks that will um, you know, get you further on in the game. So uh, what makes Eternal Darkness? Eternal Darkness, actually, I consider to be my favourite survival horror game ever, mm. because it's got... It's got um, Three things. First of all, the combat. I'll talk about the combat first, seeing as I've already mentioned it. Uh, the combat is really unique in the way that um, you'll encounter enemies along the game, like skeleton monsters um, and big spider creatures or or uh, big muscly guys with three heads. Oh, um, those are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you, you have to kill them, obviously. Uh, so what you usually get is a... Um, close combat weapon, for example uh, a broadsword shall we say, and a ranged weapon so let's say a blowgun and um, uh, what's very interesting about the combat is in most final horror games it's usually just press A to hit, press right trigger to block, press A to hit, press right yeah. trigger to block and so on and so on um, but with Eternal Darkness you hold the uh, right trigger I believe it is I can't remember what it's called on GameCube because I haven't sat there and surveyed the controller <laughs> But um, that controller that is so. I'm sorry, but it's so comfortable. I'm sorry to bash in, but it's such a comfortable it? controller. I'm going to hold it now. Hang on. 
I don't have one. I wish I did, but I got to hold one. It does feel very natural. I feel like... Anyways. It's the most comfortable controller I held in hand. I'm sorry, I, I just had to put that out there. Sorry. Yeah, it's a, it's a valid point. It's a valid yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, when you hold the right trigger, you can select a body part of the enemy to attack. And... Um, so, for example, you could lop off one of their arms and they'll have a bit of a stagger and they won't, like, attack as quickly. Or you could just go straight out and cut their head off and then they can't see where you are and they're staggering around you can finish them off. Um, so that's really cool about the combat system, um, which is paired with an incredibly detailed magic system in which you find these runes throughout the game uh, that belong to these dark gods, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, and these runes can, like, create new spells if you get a right combination of them. So, for example, if I pick um, the Chaturga rune, uh, which uh -huh. is really cool, it's a really cool name, um, that'll, say, give me a health buff or a power buff. Um, and if I get a rune like Santac, I think Santac's an enchanting one, but if you get that with an enchanting rune, you can uh, use that spell and create a, a, a weapon enchant spell, and use that spell to make your uh, weapon stronger. Um, and this, this system's really well developed, because it's got a ton of spells, a uh, ton of different combinations. You can make anything from shields to uh, to like just enchanting your weapon with different elements to hurt different enemies, um, which is really cool, and it um, it gets incorporated into the, into the puzzles a lot as well, which, you know, it makes the system feel a lot more like it's supposed to be there um so so that's a, a really great addition to the game and it, it just livens up the combat a lot more than traditional survival horror and now the the second thing mm -hmm. is the story it's absolutely incredible so basically you play as a selection of characters all through different moments in time and you revisit these same Four locations, I think it is. There's a church, a manor house, uh, some Cambodian ruins, and some Persian ruins. Mm -hmm. And um, each of these characters has a link to this book called The Book of Eternal Darkness. Well, I wonder where they got the name of the game from. No um, idea. And it, it's this book made of skin, human skin, um, yeah. with a spine made of human vertebrae. <laughs> And it's just this really evil book filled with really evil spells and stuff. Um, oh. And they're to do with these dark gods who want to destroy the earth. And the dark gods are Chaturga. Uh, oh, jeez, I should know this. Chaturga, Zelatath, and Ulioth. So they all have really cool names. Oh, that's pretty bad, I think. Um, and they want to destroy the earth who's protected by one dark god called Mantarok. Mm -hmm. Um and, like, I'm not going to spoil too much of the story because that would really suck for anyone else to play it because it's an incredible story. But um, you you play as these different characters who ha all have a connection to the Tome of Eternal Darkness and to the Dark Gods. And um, they all relate to this character in the present called Alexandra Roivas, who is voiced by Jennifer Hale. And I think Ooh. it's her best voicing ever. I love Jennifer Hale. She is pretty good. Apparently she hates gamers, though. Shades game. Yeah, I've read that, actually. She said that I've she's not that big somewhere. into gaming at all. Yeah, and, and she thinks uh, gamers are, should do something else with their lives or something like that. It's sad, I don't know if that's really. true, but, but yeah. Especially she's, she's like the biggest actress. name in the video game voice acting industry on the female side. 
Yeah, yeah. I'd say Stephen Bloom is for the uh, the male side. Stephen Bloom? I wouldn't have... Yeah. Uh, he does lots of work in anime. Uh, have you played Bulletstorm? I want to so badly. Uh, well, he voices the main character in Bulletstorm. I know, I know who he is, but I've seen, yeah. like, gameplay, I guess, if that counts. But I want to play Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm's pretty fun, yeah. It's Polish. It's pretty... <laughs> is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that explains all the dick humor. Anyway, yeah, sorry, keep going. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it relates to Alexandra Roivas, um, whose family all have a connection to her manor, uh, and the manor's like, got all the secrets of evil and stuff. And Yeah, bas- basically, if you play the game, uh, you'll understand the story, and it all links to Alex, and it's really, really well put together. Uh, very intelligent for a survival horror game, like with, with Silent Hill, for example. Mm. Um you just have your vanilla, oh, you guys in the town, uh, he's done something bad, Silent Hill's torturing him because he's done something bad until he realises he's done something bad and then redeems himself. And that's basically it for most of the games, whereas yeah. Eternal Darkness goes out there and tries to do something really cool, really intelligent, uh, very Cthulhu-ish, very Lovecraftian, mm-hmm. uh, and it really works, and it really suits the game's atmosphere. You'll have... And now... Yes, yes. So yes, you have so, convinced me to this. So this sounds really good. Like it, it is. It's a fantastic game. Uh, and the final thing that mm-hmm. just makes this game stand out is uh, a sanity system. So what happens is you have a green bar. Uh, when you see enemies, your sanity system, uh, sanity meter decreases, and um, it continues to decrease unless if you do like an execution sort of thing on an enemy, and then it'll increase a little bit. Uh-huh. But um, when your sanity meter is very low, it it infects infects it affects it affects the game. Could infect <laughs> it affects the game. the game. It could inf- well, <laughs> kind of does in a way. <laughs> well, there you go. I'll give an example in a minute, but um, it affects the game and actually how you play it. So, for example, if your meter's low a little bit, you'll start to see blood pouring from the walls, and oh. then it gets lower. You'll walk into a room and your character will start shrinking and they start freaking out. And then there will be a white flash and you're back to the normal size. And then it gets even lower and it will start to mess with the player, not just the in-game characters. So um, my first experience of it was I was playing on low sanity because I wanted to see what it did. Um, And the game, I completed a chapter, the game stopped and said... Thanks for playing the Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem demo. Uh, please buy the full copy. <laughs> no way, Thanks really? very much. And I was sat there like, what has the guy who sold me this ripped me off? Has he just <laughs> given me a demo copy in the box and kept his game? And then the game flashed and it was back to normal. And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe it does that. <laughs> Sounds like something just... EA should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but for real. <laughs> <laughs> See how many people... Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it does worse things. I'm not going to say what, because, you know, as you know, if anyone wants to play this, it'll just wreck the whole game, because that's half the fun in this game. Just getting screwed over by the game itself. Um, I will warn people, because this is the worst one, and I got really pissed off. There is a save file deleting one. No. And it says like delete all your save files, and then it just goes, nah, just kidding. Oh, okay. So yeah, just watch out for that one, guys. That's really cool, though. It's like kind of breaking the fourth wall as well. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's really interesting. That it does a lot of 
like there's a lot of combinations of thing it, things it does and um it really just messes with you like i only play this game late at night i think uh-huh. today was the only exception when i played it in the morning but if you play it late at night it, there's a real atmosphere like the scary things aren't jump scares or you know some monster who looks really creepy the yeah. scary thing's the sanity meter because it fucks with your mind excuse my french yeah no, that's, that's one problem. of the most pas de problem. sorry we oui. pardon pardon <laughs> so yeah that's that's probably my favorite thing about the game that and the storyline that, so, yeah. that sounds great Wow! All all you little uh, soldiers, go out and buy it. Buy a GameCube. I bought a GameCube just for this game. You know what? It sounds like something that I would do right now as well, based on what you told me. That sounds really mm. good. Yeah. Um, um, you should definitely like when I come over to yours. I'll bring my GameCube. And we'll play it. It's really good. No, that's awesome. The best thing about the GameCube is it's compact and very portable. So. Yeah. 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 Oh, that sounds great. And uh, I'm actually looking up the. The reviews and stuff, and this game is highly requested for a sequel. I mean, the sequel to this game is highly requested. Well, uh, I think someone started making a sequel for it. I don't don't know if it was Silicon Knights, because I think they're shut down now, but um, someone started making a sequel. Um, a couple of images of uh, Mantarok zombies were uploaded in very good graphics, um, and then it just sort of disappeared. <laughs> Here is the newest piece of news. This is from 17th of March. This year? Um, yes, this year. Oh, I've not so, read that. Here, allow me to read it out loud to you. Nintendo renews Eternal Darkness trademark. This is from NintendoLife.com to give credit where credit is due, written by Andy Green. A sequel could yet see the light of day. Released in 2002 on the GameCube, survival horror title Eternal Darkness Sansi's Requiem became an instant cold classic. Since then, there have been glimpses of evidence that a sequel would eventually come to be, but up to now, it hasn't happened. The game has come excruciatingly... I, I know how to pronounce this word. I don't know why it's not working. Excruciatingly close to a sequel. And now, 11 years later, it appears that Nintendo does in fact have some sort of plan for it. As it's gone and renewed this trademark again. Extending it for the fifth time. Here are the full details of the renewal, courtesy of Legal Force. Blah, 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 legal stuff. Basically, um, sorry, my hay fever is just awful right now. Worry not, worry not. So basically, we all sympathize. the trademark has been renewed. Nintendo renewed the trademark. If, if they release that on Wii U, no joke, I'll go out and buy a Wii U just for that game. Because Eternal Darkness is amazing. No, you it's know what? I feel awesome. like that will be a good move, actually, because no one's going to buy the Wii U unless it has good exclusive titles. Yeah, right? yeah, that's true. Like, so far, it's only had Zombie U and Scribble Noughts or something. No, Lego City Undercover, which actually oh, looks yeah, like a yeah. good game. Like, to yeah, be fair. it does look decent. Like, Lego GTA, come on, come on, port it. You know you want to port it. What's, what's the not to love? Port it over, give us some PC Xbox love. <laughs> no, but that that sounds like a... You know, survival horror is so hard to, to get it done right. Mm, yeah, without a doubt. I've played few survival horror games which were actually good. I mean, yeah. like, even now, Silent Hill, who were considered the kings of survival horror, are messing up since yeah. uh, Homecoming yeah, and... Downpours gets a lot of hate. I think it's okay. That's but because it's not the original developers, is it? It's not. Was no, it? yeah, Konami's doing it now. Yeah, the original word Team Silent, right? What's Nothing that? scarier than the Konami. <laughs> you know what? I feel like Konami and Capcom just give so many reasons 
Oh, it's what you mainly Capcom for gamers to dislike them. Just a shame. Cap Capom. Sorry, I keep quoting two best friends. I, I never watched them. that show. Should that's I? Awesome. Yes. Should I? All right. Yes. I, I, I should. That's what. That's where I uh, first saw Eternal Darkness. Actually, oh, okay. I first saw it in um, in their Silent Hill uh, downpour playthrough. They mentioned it, and I looked it up, and it was really cool. So I went out oh. and bought it. And uh, <laughs> then they started doing a playthrough of it. I was really annoyed because I can't watch it until I finish the game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I have the same problem when people like do playthroughs and stuff. No, mm-hmm. but that sounds good. If I find a GameCube anywhere for a good price, I might Go just it. buy it just for Eternal Darkness. Mm. Anything else that you've been playing that you'd like to mention? Uh, well, nothing more apart from Injustice and Mass Effect, but. I suppose we're about to talk about Mass Effect, aren't we? Uh, so. We're about to talk about Mass Effect. Indeed, that was Yay. a good segue. Uh, that worked well. Segway. <laughs> Do you hear about that guy who died by driving a Segway off a cliff? <laughs> now, I know he's dead. I shouldn't laugh. We should show a bit of respect, but a Segway. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> how? How? Why? Those things go at like four miles an hour. How did he manage to drive off a cliff? Oh, that's <laughs> so sad, but so funny at the same time. I know, I know. Oh, man. Uh, so, Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> not too... Um, not so too... how are we going to start this Mass Effect? Because every time we talk about Mass Effect... <sighs> when do we not talk about Mass Effect? I don't think we've ever had a conversation when we haven't mentioned Mass Effect. And there's a bloody good reason for that, because everyone exactly. should play this game. Everyone the trilogy. Ever. The trilogy should... You know what I realised today, actually? Some guy I was talking to, um, I asked him, you know, what have you been playing? And he's like, oh, I've actually started playing Mass Effect 2, you know, because I want to play Mass Effect 2 and 3. Mm. And it's so hard for me to be like, oh, man, no, you need to play Mass Effect 1, because... It's like, you know, it's like the trilogy, but then you're like, you kind of feel like you want to apologize for the game being so rough compared to the other two. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh yeah, Mass Effect is, you know, the first one's rough to get into, but trust me, it's worth it. It kind of sucks that it's this way, but oh my God, is it good? I mean, I've got to admit, Mass Effect 1, uh, I first got it when it came out yeah. back in 2007, 2006, yeah, 2007, seven. maybe? I think it was 7. Um... And my first playthrough, I didn't enjoy it very much because it was really rugged and um, I kind of rushed it as well. I didn't take the time to appreciate how much content was in there and I just blasted through the main story. I died multiple times on the Benezia boss fight and in in, um, Pharos. Is it Pharos? Yeah. Pharos, yeah. Uh, I didn't even bother to get Liara in my first playthrough. (laughs) So, you just um, left her on the on the ground. <laughs> yeah, she's probably yeah, she's probably dead. She's probably dead. It would be funny if, like, in Mass Effect Three, could like go back to that place and she's still there, like all pissed off. Shepard, Shepard, please <laughs> unlock me. <laughs> no, Leora, you you've been here for long enough. You know, you and just all Shepard's just like, hey, bang, okay. <laughs> That's a good point. I've never actually pl- done a, a crossover playthrough where I haven't had Liara. So what happens if you don't have Liara? I don't know, man. You should, you should do it. You should do it. You should get on she, that. She just stays down there. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a really disturbing thought. How she just, just she imagine literally what would just she do? Dies. Oh man. She can't eat or drink. 
Oh no, that Krogan guy who busts through probably saves her actually. Oh yeah. Takes her to Saren and Saren indoctrinates. Okay, we've well I've worked it out now. Saren will indoctrinate her, be like, Oh, I've got both of them now. Mother and daughter. Oh man. That that would I'm not gonna go there. Kids listening, but <laughs> I I that would be an interesting playthrough if they actually went through with that. I don't think they would. Hmm. No, no. Too much effort. Too much Even <laughs> for Bioware. So Even for Bioware. That would take so much time. Just thinking about it makes me sad. Just just for one little variable. <laughs> <laughs> then again, that's what they promised everyone on Mass Effect 3 and kind of screwed everyone over, but whatever. <laughs> Still a great game. I feel like I'm sounding like a fanboy, but it's such a good game. I know you don't I, like it. It's a good it's a good game. I just think it's a really bad Mass Effect. No, like man. If, I, if, if it was just, they just gave it to me and said, oh, here, look. This is this game we've made, and we haven't got any others. I no, played it. I probably think, oh, this is pretty good. No, no, it's no. Ignore. Me. I mean, no, don't ignore me. Listen to me. <laughs> I am going to ignore uh, you because one is a really good RPG, two is a really good game, and three is a really good action game. It's just how it is. It's like the series evolving in a way, and I know it's devolving because Mass Effect Three is a lot simpler than two and one. But three, for example, like I love the weapon customization that was taken out in two. I love the all the cutscenes for so much more felt so much more meaningful, you know, because every time you talk to someone, I know they probably abused light effects and lens flares and whatever the, the hell they did to make it, you know, this emotional and involving. But I felt like every time you talked to someone in like an actual cutscene, it was just so impactful, you know. It was very impact. Is that even mm. a word? Impactful. Um, impacting. It was. Yeah. No, it was so impacting. It was. Impactful it was, sounds it better. Had, it had a heavy impact. How about I'm gonna, that? I'm gonna say impactful. Fuck the police. So it was All a very right. impactful experience to have any kind of conversation in the third game, and just to see. I mean, I know I sound like a dreamy, you know, teenage girl, like watching the newest James <laughs> Bond movie and be like, "Oh my god, James Bond!" But like every time you had those action shots or whatever, like you just looked at Shepard, right? And you're like, "Yeah, this guy is a hero." This is like if you've played one and two beforehand, like this is the guy I spent you know, uh, 80 hours on or whatever, and, like, he's mm. about to save the planet, and I feel like such a badass, like, fuck, I feel like a badass. This game is amazing. This game makes me happy. Like, I just feel so pumped, you know? That's what I got out of it. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, definitely on my first playthrough, um, I loved Mass Effect 3 uh, to the point of it was literally just fanboy love. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I have to admit, like, the way they've laid it out is very good. It's just the the thing that makes Mass Effect so great is not just the blunt storyline and missions. It's the details. It's the how they handle the side quests, how they handle the little interactions with your crew members. But and although they did do that in Mass Effect 3, they didn't do it to the extent of the other games. I feel like 3 was also probably the funniest one. Was it? I'm trying to remember if it was 2 or 3 that was the funniest one. Uh, I'd have to say 2... Might have been too. Because there's, the, if, there's if you've done the um, if you've done the renegade actions. Oh no, I haven't. I've always, played, I've always been a good person. Oh, uh, well, two's two's hilarious. In, uh, if you do renegade actions, like um, you ha- you end up having like a headbutting match with one with this Krogan <laughs> on Tichanka and and then um, another Krogan's watching. And he's like, I like this human. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You know what? I feel like. Okay, pretend someone listening right now has never heard of Mass Effect. Mm. How do we sell them on it? How do we convince them that they need to play this game? Uh, well, Mass Effect 1 has the 
just fantastic RPG elements, fantastic opening story with loads of twists, turns, developments that make it really, really raw, but also engaging, and it, it sucks you in. Uh, and the story is the main thing that like dragged me into Mass Effect. Mm. And the Mass Effect Two builds more on your relationships with other characters and feels like a very polished, new, bright experience compared to the first game. Uh, and it's clearly just had a lot of love put into it, like more love than most games um, get these days. Yeah. And three, although the endings, like everyone says, oh, the endings are crap, and I'm I'm not a Mass Effect 3 ending hater, as you know. I just, mm. I think they were fine, like bug standard, nothing amazing. Oh, but I don't think... Disappointing. I think it could have been worse. Um, yeah, disappointing. Disappointing is a good word. Yeah. Um, but regardless of that, I still think it's an epic conclusion to the series. Um, mm-hmm. And like all, all the characters get get their um, well, not all the characters, most of the characters get their storylines tied up nicely. Um, you get to see a lot of familiar faces from the other games trying to contribute to to the the, the happenings of the third one and. Um, yeah, it's it's just an it goes out on a bang, but it's I'd say it's not a bang I'd want to do again and again and again, unlike the first two. Yeah. Uh, how do I say this? I feel like Mass Effect for video games is what for me the Walking Dead is to television. Yeah. Where it's just okay. The thing about Mass Effect is that it literally, in a way, killed gaming for me. This was for a period of a few months. After I finished uh, 1, 2, and 3 in a playthrough, there was literally a period when I was like, you know what, no matter what I'm going to play, it is not going to be as good as Mass Effect 3. Every game I played, I had to judge it like, oh, man, if they did this like Mass Effect, like if they did this like Mass Effect, if only they did this like Mass Effect. Like, it, 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 for me, it kind of killed this, oh, games are, you know, wonderful, because just nothing compared to it, just straight up. It yeah. didn't. Because the thing about this is, all right, so to finish it, Basically, you know, without doing all the side stuff, you need around 15, 20 hours per game, right? Per these, mm-hmm. uh, per every game. So in total, right, you would have spent. I'd, I'd say Mass Effect. Would, in Mass Effect One, you get more than twenty hours because it's huge. It's way bigger than the others. Well, actually, yeah, mine was around twenty-eight, but I did a lot. Did of... you do? Did you do everything? Pretty much. I mean, towards the end, I was just like, oh, man, I want to find out what happens. I think oh, okay. mine was around 28 hours the first time I played I it. I think, I can't remember the first time, but I had a playthrough that was like 50 hours plus once. Yeah, I can totally see that happening. I'm saying for the basis, right? Like for the, for yeah, the yeah. bare minimum. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I no, it's all good. I appreciate it. I love you. Appreciate it. Love Hold you me. too. Call me. I'm close. So you get around 60 hours in total. So if you imagine this, 60 hours per three games, and it's 60 hours you get of nothing but pure experience. You get of characters, you get of, you know, storylines, you get of this intricate universe kind of where everything works together in such a fantastic way that, I mean, we've had this discussion before. I think that the Mass Effect universe is better than the Star Wars universe, just in every single way. It's just cleaner, tighter. It makes more sense. The races, the alien races, the planets, just everything is so fantastic. So, like, in the first game, you're introduced to your character, you're introduced to several, you know, basic crew members. The second game, those relationships are expanded upon, and third game, it's like a conclusion. And it's hard to, it's really hard to sell this game to make it sound as good as it actually is, and it's not yeah, because... That's true. I, I, I get the feeling like, you know, we're sounding like fanboys, but it is actually such 
a good game in every single way, right? Yeah, like it's one of the few, um, the few like game series franchises, whatever you want to call it, that mm. I've felt a real connection with. Like I, I have only ever felt the need to play every single game in the franchise with Mass Effect, Halo, and I suppose the the newer Elder Scrolls titles. But Mass Effect is probably more so than the others because it just each entry one kind of pulls you back in and says come back and enjoy our universe for a little yeah. bit more and hell yeah sure i will yeah exactly it's just such a rich universe and you and every time you turn it on you feel like you know it's alive you feel like this universe is yeah, actually yeah. it could be a real thing and as you play this you know commander shepherd regardless of you're a female or a, a male character uh, it just really feels like you're taking part in the world, and the characters are so realistically written. Mm, it, it, yeah, they really are. It feels weird to talk about them as if they were real people, like real people, because you know that's like such a geeky, nerdy thing to say. But towards the end of the third game, you have built such uh, emotional connections, such relationships with each of these characters that you yeah. generally have a feeling for them. You know, the way you have a feeling well, for yeah, a character. I mean, like, and, r- remember uh, me and Miranda. Yeah, I mean, I. That was, I yeah, so, that was, can that I was say real what happened? Can I say what happened? Yeah. You tell the story because I'll end up just. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we were Skyping. Me and Joey were Skyping one day and uh, we were talking about Mass Effect. And he as said. Always. That, as always. <laughs> and he said that there was this moment that made him cry, right? I mean, I cried as well in the third one many times. And it sounds weird, play the games, you'll cry as well. If you don't cry, you're not a real human being. Get the fuck out. But um, <laughs> he said there was this moment where he cried. And I asked him, you know, what moment was it? Because I was curious. And he told me what it was. And then <laughs> suddenly everything was silent. And I just heard little sobs. <laughs> And I was like, Charlie, are you okay? He's like, yeah, just give me a minute. And I was like, are you crying? He's like, no, man, it's cool, it's fine. And it turns out he was watching it on YouTube for some weird reason. You, you like, masochistic <laughs> bastard. He was watching it on YouTube crying. And he linked it to me after he finished crying, you know. So he, he linked it to me. He was like, watch it. And he heard it through my, because he, he was playing for my speaker, so he heard it through my microphone. And he started crying again. <laughs> he was like, turn it off, turn it off. And, and the worst the, thing about it was, it wasn't like a character death or anything. It, it was when dying. you reject Miranda, <laughs> it was just... and she starts crying, and it made <laughs> me cry. And it's this kind of connection that you will get nowhere else. Like no other game will give this to you. No other game will make you cry when certain the only characters. Other, the only other game that's ever made me cry was The Walking Dead because of the end. Yeah. Oh my god. The end made me shed a couple of manly tears. Yeah, manly tears were shed. I mean, Mass Effect 3 had me shed manly tears throughout the game. I'm not going to spoil it because you seriously need to play that game. But it's like the perfect connection of action, suspense, science fiction, romance, uh, just pure badassery, character development, uh, comedy, I guess, in certain aspects. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole... um... (sighs) This isn't really... No, it is a spoiler. I won't say it. Yeah, probably for the best. But. I'll just say the J and E relationship. Do you get? Do you get what I mean? Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was pretty funny. Just everything. I feel like if we were to name, and this is so hard because you can't. It's really hard for me to look at them as three separate games because I like to look mm, at them as yeah. an experience together. 
So if I can say that and people ask me, what's the best game you know, ever? Like, for example, say one person was just going to play one game before he died, which is terribly depressing. But like, if I had to recommend one game, the only game you would ever play in your entire life is the Mass Effect trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Because you get everything you could ever want. It's, it's not a, like when people say, like when you say to your parents, oh, I've got a new game, and they think, oh, you know, they're just going up there yeah. trying to get a high score. Mass Effect is one of those games that proves that games aren't games, if you get what I mean. They're yeah, experience. it proves that games can be art or experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And oh my god, uh, what an experience it is. Like, just, it oh, is, I yeah. want to play it again I, I right think now. The, the only um, other game experience that I've had akin to Mass mm. Effect is um, Knights of the Old Republic. Which is one. Bioware. <laughs> Which is also Bioware, yeah. yeah. Um, now they know what they're doing. Because even even though Skyrim um, is probably... I don't... It's, it's my favourite game, yeah. I'll say. Yeah. But the game that I've had... The, the games that I've had the most connection with and probably enjoy the most are Mass Effect and Knights of the Republic because Bioware is really good at making games like that where you have yeah. really close relationships with your characters and really... Enticing action, combat story, whatnot. I feel like anyone listening to this, uh, you know, uh, and I guess if you're not a gamer, then why would you be listening to this in the first place? But <laughs> I, I feel like anyone who's um, looking at gaming as something, you know, uh, negative, it's when it comes to this game. And this is what I said about the Walking Dead game, because I said to a lot of people, like, you know, I know girls in my school or whatever that enjoy the Walking mm-hmm. Dead TV show. I was like, oh, you know, we would always geek out about the TV show. I was like, oh, well, you should play the game. You know, and I usually get the reaction of, why would I play a game, right? And then you take, like, the 15 minutes that, you know, you take to explain that, no, The Walking Dead video game is something you should play, and this is why. And then you get them to do it, and, you know, they fall in love with it because, you know, The Walking Dead game is fantastic. I feel like this is a similar thing with... Yeah, yeah. It's like combining books television and interactivity into this. Yeah, that, that's, that's a very good description of it. And like um, cinematics of movies. Yeah. Like the big scale stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's... It's, it's a neat little package of pretty much every kind of entertainment form you can have wrapped up in this convenient box with a disc in it and a two-page manual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And DLC in the third one as always. Mm, yeah. No, Love that I, DLC. I feel like uh, it's it's hard it's it's hard to talk about this, isn't it? Like if you had it to, is, it's tricky. Recommend it, but it's just something you need to play through. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think if you're a sci-fi fan, um, Mass Effect has nailed sci-fi to a dime. Like, um, oh, yeah. last night I was watching Oblivion. Terrible film, by the way. Uh, really? Oh, I want to go see yeah, it. It's, it's really bad. Like, it's good for the first half an hour, but then really? they try and add a clever plot, and it's a really bad, clever plot. <laughs> so me spending, like, £20 on it is unacceptable, because cinema in, yes. is cinema in Switzerland is crazy expensive. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, my yeah, point... Um, yeah, yeah uh, Oblivion soundtrack just right off the bat reminded me of Mass Effect. It was pretty much very similar to the Mass Effect soundtrack, God, and that just soundtrack. shows you how how well Mass Effect has grabbed sci-fi and adopted all the key elements of it and 
and really presented it to you in a really cool way. Like today I was listening to the Mass Effect soundtrack mm-hmm. um, and it's just, it's perfect. And when you think about sci-fi and you could try and think of any kind of music, it would be the Mass Effect soundtrack because they've got it so well. And then the technology, it's realistic, but still mm. futuristic. Yeah. So they've got that right. And the races, as you said, they're like, they're very believable. They have very believable anatomy and lore, physiology. And um, even to the point where, like, in Mass Effect 2, in this bar, you hear some uh, Aquarian and Hatorian talking, which are alien races in the game, if you haven't played them. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're talking about the different foods they can and can't eat and can share and stuff. So there's such you get a, a funny feel. conversation. Remember when the <laughs> yeah when he's like, oh, come back to my place. <laughs> yeah, when he's getting friends on, it's so funny. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> you see, that's great. That's great because we've just thought of a tiny little part of the game. Yeah, like a small we conversation. We instantly have recollection of it and. And you know they made every little part of it enjoyable. And that's the thing; like they nailed this. To, like, like I said, you believe in this universe. Like, yeah, the the races, the species. Well, you know, uh, when people say, you know, it just sticks in your mind. And I mean, this game, the voice acting as well is just so spot on, perfect. I mean, you know, it like, is very good. Yeah, there's so much talent in this. You know, going from Seth Green, who I enjoy very much. Mm. Jennifer Hale, which we talked about earlier. Brandon Keener is fantastic. As oh, he's, he's brilliant. I think he's my favorite voice actor in the <laughs> He's so good. And Mark Meir, and then, of course, Martin Sheen, you know, which is a big name. Yvonne Strahovski, yeah. uh, the girl who played in the Matrix Yvonne movies. Strahovski. Yvonne Strahovski. She's pretty good looking in Mass Effect, I have to say. And that's the thing, like, the, the, it sounds weird, right, for somebody to say, oh, yeah, the character in this game looks good, but the technology has come to a point where um, facial animation, anatomy, and everything are so realistic. Mm. And so, what's that word called? There's one word. Immersive. There we go. So immersive. Oh, yeah. That when people tell me, like Yvonne Strahovski, I immediately have the image of Miranda in my head, although I've seen her in other movies. Because, like, that was her standout role, right? That's the role that she did the most. Because that's the role I've seen her, you know, for over 80 hours performing. And it just sticks in your head. I think, like, to the extent of how well the interaction of not just the voice, but, like, the personalities of the characters shown through the face. Yeah. I remember in Mass Effect 2 when um, Miranda Lawson, one of your crew members, my favourite... <laughs> uh, she she looks at you with this really cheeky smile, and like it's it's the little <laughs> details like that that make you love a character because you get what they're feeling inside their head without them having to go. Yeah. Oh, blast! I'm really sad about this. Yeah, because you spend so much time kind of l- mm, exactly not yeah. learning them, but being with them in a way. Yeah. Even if they're alien, like, that's the great thing. Like, even the, you know, alien characters that look all messed up and whatever because they're alien. Like, even just from their body language, from their facial structure, because you spend so much time with them and from their tone of voice, which once again comes back to the great voice acting. Yeah. And the great background story of each character. It's just and fantastic. each character, like, clearly has their own, um, not including Mass Effect 1 because they use the same animations for all the different characters but um, yeah. in Mass Effect 2 and 3 each character sort of has their own um, physical moving personality so they'll move in certain ways that you can really like grow to recognise and I think that's uh, 
key part of the interaction as well. I feel like a really good way to say this is that Mass Effect is to games what Vaas is to Far Cry 3. Like, there's not a single person on this planet that will look at Vaas and say that the actor, uh, which is Michael Mando, fantastic actor. Yes, yeah, he's brilliant. They wouldn't say, like, he kicked it out of the park. Like, Vaas is video game character perfection, I would say. It's just, he nails everything. Mm. Uh, to the to the point where they um, they actually made the character around Mando's audition. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly that. That was he so cool. He originally auditioned yeah. for a much smaller part, and yeah. they thought, oh, because he was so good, let's yeah. make this part for him. Yeah, which is fun. Like, well done, Ubisoft. That was a great decision because it was really it pretty much made the game. Oh, the yeah. game would not have been as good without him. No, without any of the all the characters in that game are really good, actually. Uh, Far Cry Three is actually a really good game as well. It I, is, yeah. I enjoyed it. But yeah, it Mass, was... for me, Mass Effect to gaming is what Vaas is to Far Cry 3. It is. It proves that a trilogy can be nailed. It proves that a game can be nailed in both story, mechanic, characters, immersion, mm. addict, addictiveness, addictivity, whatever you want to call it. Addictiveness, uh, yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Control. I mean, people bitch about the controls, but I think they're really good. Oh, they're fine. They're, they're good. Even in Mass Effect 1. They're fine, yeah. Thanks I was getting... playing it today on the Xbox, and it's not well, as yeah, bad as a lot of Xbox people make Xbox is Xbox. Out. I mean, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah. for PC, the controls are... For, from a PC perspective, yeah, I guess it's just a different story, really, isn't it? But they're all right. Like, I, um, a friend of mine always complains, like, he never finished Mass Effect 1 because of the controls, which I always uh, hate. I, like, yeah. always hate on him. It's like, no, just do it. I know it's rough, but, like, get through it, man. It's oh, worth is that it. John Kelly? Uh, yeah, it's John. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was. But like now, I he talking up, to him about it. He picked up two now, and he absolutely loves it. You know. Yeah. He's playing. He's like, oh my god, this is so good. So. I I feel like this this topic wasn't even a topic. It was just like two fanboys with the raging boners <laughs> for a franchise yelling how much they love it. But mm. honestly, uh, yeah. From all the universes out there in video games, Mass Effect is. Probably the best one. Uh, I've got to say, Mass Effect is fantastic. Uh, it's it's the universe. I mean, uh, and it is. I want I want to say it's the best, but although Knights of the Old Republic is the Star Wars universe, mm. I think that that universe actually I love more, but yeah. just a tiny, tiny bit. Yeah. No, Knights of the Old Republic was fantastic as well. And if you don't mind playing old games. Then, yeah, that's that's one to yeah. play. Night of the Old Republic is really I mean, cheap I, now. I will, I will go out and admit this on the air. I am a huge Star Wars fan, but Knights of the Old Republic, better than all six films. Definitely. I mean, Bioware probably wrote the best story in Star Wars ever told. Yeah. So. I mean, I've read all the comics, all the books, mm. uh, seen all the films in multiple versions of... Adding in new things, George Lucas, <laughs> and um, they come from his neck, yeah, man. He just spits out new ideas for Star Wars every that's, day. That's like well, not he, anymore. His <laughs> neck opens up, and just things come out of it, crawling. But yeah, like I've I've dabbled in an, a massive amount of Star Wars content, and nothing compares to Knights of the Old Republic. One, two, it's good, not as good as the first one. Yeah, but yeah actually, definitely, yeah. If you have a few spare dollars, like because it's everywhere, Mac, Windows, mm. uh, all the consoles, can get it, can get really it on cheap. Steam and everything. Think about it. Like I said, is is it's rough gameplay wise. I don't think mechanic. it's on PlayStation. 
mechanic wise. No, I don't think it is. Don't get why. I think PlayStation is a bitch to code for if you haven't. It still is, yeah. And I mean, the, it might have been something to do with the engine they used, you know? Yeah, well, at the time, um, the graphics were phenomenal. Now, yeah, now they're not so good, blocky, but, but, actually, yeah, no, but back right. then they were the, really good. The Knights of the Old Republic is like an unpolished gem of Mass yeah, Effect yeah. perfection. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's I a really think. good description. I've said that so many times today, but that's a really good description. <laughs> well, thank you, Charlie. <laughs> I think appreciate it. Hmm. I appreciate it. So yeah, uh, I guess that covers our raging boner time of Mass Effect. Oh, I can relax now. <laughs> <laughs> ah, let it hang there. All right. So next week, our discussion for this topic will be MMORPGs. Yes. Do you know what that stands for? Looking forward to that. Massively multiplayer online games. Oh, oh role, role playing, playing games. Please, thank you. Sorry, that's cool. So we'll be I'm talking sorry. about those from uh, from a development standpoint, not yeah. from a gamer standpoint. So if we're talking it about it from a gamer standard uh, standpoint, we'd just be going on and on and on about World of Warcraft. <laughs> we would. Yeah. Which is actually a story we'll tell you next time. Um, oh yeah, you know that's what the story I mean. Story. Yeah. It's the best story. It's the best story of all time. It makes me cry every time. So we'll be talking about. <laughs> MMO development uh, as our and marketing, final discussion. Marketing and business as well. Yeah. Just I, I want to point that out because I want to talk about it. I don't know if you, I don't no, know if no, you do, course, but I yeah. really want to. I mean, Yay. development was just like a word I used instead of saying, I don't know, economy. Uh, uh, Gubbins. <laughs> development time. MMO making. Whatever. Fashioning, if you will. Yeah. 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 Creation. Nice. That was nice. Oh, thank you. Where is that from? Where is that from? Family Guy. Family Star Guy. Wars. Permission to land like a dainty butterfly. Yes. Permission granted. Nice. Nice. That was that nice. That was nice. I was actually <laughs> telling my family like all the Family Guy Star Wars jokes during uh, dinner. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I, they're, they're all gone now because you know, th- like it's two yeah. in the morning when we're recording this. <laughs> One in the morning for you. It's One crazy. I should be asleep right now. Mm. But um, oh, Family Guy is good. Right, well, I guess that pretty much covers it to yes. maybe give off a little bit of a, you know... I'd, I'd just like to point out, throughout the yeah. whole recording of this, I yes. have drunk a two-litre bottle of Diet Pepsi. Really? I was trying yeah, to be really I've... stealthy about me drinking, like, water. I don't know if it worked. <laughs> like, I would sometimes see my microphone level rising, like, oh, shit, they know. Uh, <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know. God but, damn it. Um, thank you for admitting to that on, on the air. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. I just thought it was necessary. Two liters, wow, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. Right now, uh, my legs are just going left and right because I'm really in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was a very subtle. Uh, we need to go now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was going to have another topic, but now you killed it. You know, you like. God damn it! <laughs> beat it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, right, to close this off. Are there any games you're looking forward to this year the most, apart from Splinter Cell Blacklist? Oh, um, I can't remember. Uh, remember me? I guess I'm quite looking forward Ooh. to that. Yeah. Um, what else is out this year? Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. Yeah, of yes. course. Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs. That's um, good. Uh, Battlefield Four. I guess I, mm. I'll just be using that as a multiplayer time filler. Actually, yeah. Uh, right. 
that, that's enough. what I did with Battlefield 3. I just used it for some laughs with friends. You know what? Didn't I really... don't even have it. I was like, fuck EA. I'm not buying anything until Mass Effect 4. Well, as soon as they announced the flipping Battlefield Premium, I was off the scene straight away. <laughs> just everything EA does recently. Mm. They taint. So yeah, um, that's all that uh, comes to mind at the moment. What about you? Machine for Pigs, obviously. Machine for Pigs, fuck yeah. Oh my god. Um, South Park Stick of Truth looks really good. Oh yeah. yeah. Although THQ died, I think. Who got it now? Um, oh, Saints Row 4! How can I forget yes! Saints Row 4? Oh my god, Saints Row 4. Oh, I can't wait for that. You know what? Saints Row 4 is like fulfilling of my dreams. I know that Mass Effect yeah. is the best game ever, but there's nothing more fun than Saints Row the Third. Yeah. Screw all you guys who say it's crap. You're wrong. You know what? We should have a discussion. Like, two weeks from now, Saints Row yeah. the Third is our discussion because yeah. people hate on it and they shouldn't. It's, it's a really controversial game. And we'll tell them why. Yep. Meanwhile, you should you should buy it. Yeah. And play it. Buy it. Buy and it. And finish it. I'm at 99% now. I am so close to platinum, platinuming that game. Platinum that shit. Platinum that shit. Right, well, since your legs are shaking, we're going to leave here. Yes. Uh, so we hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, no. thanks for, for listening, guys. Hope we didn't take up too much of your time. <laughs> hope Even you listened like to this two hours. <laughs> falling asleep, going on the bus or anything. We apologize for our moods. I have really strong hay fever, and it's really hard not to blow my nose. And Charlie has seen a terrible play. So. A bad play, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be the same next week. Hopefully unless, next week. Unless my friends go, oh, yeah, we're doing another play. Do you want to come watch it? You oh, know, next yeah, week I'll I, come I back from a bad play and you'll have hay fever. <laughs> next, oh no, next week I'll be hungover because I've got a party on Friday. <laughs> so, <laughs> That'll be enjoyable. Yay. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to record that. I'll make sure yeah. I'm under the influence of something as well. We'll have like make an sure you show. just go really loud so my headache kills me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just give you all these puzzling, you know, deep questions. <laughs> About life and the universe and stuff. Right, well, that pretty much covers it. Thank you for yep. listening. If you have Thanks, uh, any questions or feedback you'd like to give us, I will leave an email in the show notes for the iTunes download. Uh, you can find us on our blog, which will most likely go along the lines of twoguysonejoystick.blogspot.com. Um, Charlie, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I'm just going to go out right and say you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I, I honestly don't care. I don't mind. If people send me hate mail, I'll probably either do a snide response back or just tell you to go to hell. So it's uh, Charlie Air Baby Potato Jones. I'm going to let you figure out how to spell that because I can't be asked to tell you. Um, yeah, so just message me if you want. Yeah. All right, if awesome. You wanna, if you, you want to play any games, uh, message me on Facebook and I'll see what I can do. Great. And for myself, you can find me Steam on YouTube with the name Turkey Dip King, which is Turkey Dip and then King. That's it. He's that's the king all. of the turkey dips. The king of the turkey dip, that's right. Yep. Which is funny because I've never eaten turkey or dip. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for joining in. Bye, guys. Goodbye.